All right, so you are listening to 1160 AM Catholic Radio, The Quest in Atlanta, Georgia. And we are now introducing our next guest, which is Father Tim Hepburn, and he's from uh, Gainesville, Georgia. He's the pastor at St. Michael the Archangel. Thank you, Father, for joining us. It's great to be with you. Ah, we are grateful. We know that, that uh, and this, I should also mention that this is a pre-recorded interview that we're doing because you weren't able to be at the studio today, so we're grateful that, that you were able to call in and, and make a recording and show your support for Catholic Radio in that way. We know that all we're good... Conquer, we're conquering technology. Exactly, it is. It's it, You know, it's such a, a wonderful... We have lots of options with Catholic Radio, so so we're grateful that, that you're able to help with us. We know that all good things begin with prayer, Father, so would you start us off with a prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come before you today, our God, and give you thanks that you have given us life, that you have given us the gift of faith that you have drawn us to believe in you and to live our lives following you. And we ask, Lord, that you would pour out your grace and your blessing during this time and this interview, especially to everyone who's listening. And we pray that you would find find each person at their place of greatest need and that you would show yourself once again to be a faithful God, always faithful to your promises and always true to your people. So pour out your grace upon us. And we also ask, as always, that your Blessed Mother would intercede for us and that you would draw us close to the heart of your Son. And we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right, so since we are pre-recording this, you aren't going to actually be in the studio to ring the bell, but we will ring it in your honor. And so I want to give a few of the rules about how you get to ring the bell or how we get to ring it in your honor. So basically what we do is we have a goal for the hour, and then whenever we meet that goal, then we will ring the bell. And so we'll announce that goal before we go to the recording, whenever we're doing this live in Atlanta, and then we will break in and let people know that we met the goal. So all of the listeners out there, if you want to call in, the number to call is 678-688-4549. That's 678-688-4549. And if you call in, if you can make a pledge when you call in, that's great. If you just want to say, you know, Father, we love you, that's great too. We really want to support our priests. And even though Father isn't here sitting across from me and it's a pre recorded interview, we still will let him know that you called in in his honor. So please just give us a call and, and let us know if you can make a pledge, great. If you just want to want to give Father a message, that's great too. Father, whenever I do these pledge drives, when people call in, we ask them what effect has Catholic Radio had on you or your family. And often what I hear is a young man who calls in and says he's more seriously considering the priesthood because of what he's heard on the radio. So I like to start, when I have an interview with a priest, I like to start with their vocation story. Would you be um, able to share that with us? I'd love to. Thank you. My vocation story... Uh, story begins with not not having a vocation that I was aware of at all. Mm. 
uh, a funny story is that my mother and I, after I was ordained a priest, were asked to go give a talk to a women's group. And the topic we were given was raising holy children. And my mother said, are you sure you want me to tell them the truth (laughs) about that? (laughs) Because the truth is that I had some interest in the mysterious aspects of the church when I was little, like like the tabernacle. My mom would tell me that Jesus was present in the tabernacle over where the red light was, and I, I found that mysterious and interesting, but... Other than that, um, as far as Jesus and as far as making Jesus Lord of my life and all that, it wasn't, I didn't get it. And I really didn't get it all the way through high school um, and halfway through college. Mm. When I was in college, I was not even going to Mass. Mm. So I would be kind of like the vocation story of the least likely to end up as a Catholic priest. Mm. Um, I was in a fraternity, and I think a lot of my fraternity brothers in college would have also said, yeah, least likely to become a Catholic priest. So halfway through college, though, I experienced what people experience when they're not living in the faith that they should be living. Um, I did know what was true, and I knew I wasn't living it, so... You know, I really had to do some soul-searching because I started to become afraid that I was becoming a bad person, um, living my life just for myself, and um, lots of selfish relationships, and, you know, just all the all the stuff that college students who get into sin get into. And it, it was a struggle for me, partly because I liked my sins in a lot of ways, Mm-hmm. You know, people wouldn't sin if they didn't in some way like their sin. And, uh, so I, But I started to have this kind of crisis of conscience about what kind of person I was becoming. Mm-hmm. And so I did the mature thing and blamed God about that. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, if you would show up in my life kind of like you showed up for St. Paul, then I would definitely believe in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to that date in my life, not, I couldn't point to anything and say that God had really ever been present in my life in a way that I could know he was God. And so I blamed him, really, for that. But um, God saw through the blame and saw that it was really a prayer of my heart that I really wanted to know God. So it really came down to um, not Catholic radio, but Protestant TV. Um, When I was searching God, and I remember one summer... Um, I was watching, well, actually, I, I want to make clear, at this point in my life, I wasn't watching any kind of religious programming. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be lazing couch potato on my parents' couch, and they were out of town, and I was flipping the channels of the TV, and I happened upon a Protestant evangelist kind of guy, and he was saying, many of you Christians out there were been raised in the Christian churches, um, but you've never really asked for and received the encounter with God that comes from really the grace of Pentecost. And I thought, he's right. And so I prayed. I started praying that day, and I won't say that there was any like Pentecost in the living room, but it, I can point to that event as uh, 
the Lord grabbing a hold of me that day and showing me several things. One is that uh, he loved me and that I was I was his son. The second thing was that um, I couldn't change myself and I needed his help to change. And um, the third thing actually came a little bit later. And the third thing was when I had deemed myself a uh, Protestant Christian and I was in a Protestant church one week, and this, this was not a long period of time in my life, but I was um, in this church and I kept having this mental image of my grandmother praying her rosary in my mind. Mm. And she, um, you know, I, I kept saying to God, get my grandmother out of my mind, I'm trying to pray. You know, finally I realized that God was putting this image of my grandmother in my mind and saying to me, I raised you in the church where I wanted you to be, go home. Mm. And sort of the, the test of this conversion and it's finding my home in the Catholic Church was when I went back to Mass. And I can't say that the Mass was being celebrated any differently than when I had stopped going to Mass. Um, but I had changed inside, and I, I experienced in myself true worship of the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. And so the Eucharist uh, just became, it was immediately clear to me that that was Jesus, and that's something that started to lead me more um, deeply than ever into the Church. And, you know, this is all happening really in a pretty short time, within a year period. And um, I started to attend Mass daily. I started to go to confession again. I started to get into all the sacraments of the Church that, that I could. At that point, I still wasn't thinking about the priesthood. But I started to get involved in the campus ministry at my university, and I found myself really enjoying proclaiming the faith, bringing the, bringing the Catholic faith to people. Mm. And it seems kind of strange to say that enjoying something could actually lead you to your vocation. But it really was the matter of not this thunderous call from God saying, I want you to be a priest. But really, I started to realize that I enjoyed almost everything that a priest does, mm. like giving talks, teaching the scriptures. Um, being with people who need to hear the voice of God, need to hear the, the encouragement of God. And so that led me to consider the priesthood. And so I finished three years of college, but my last three years, I finished six years of college, but my last three years, I was seriously discerning the priesthood. And at the end of my, gra- my graduation from university, I went straight into the seminary at St. Meinrad in Indiana. Wow. And I was there for five years was ordained, uh, graduated from there, and it was ordained in 1993. And this year, that means uh, this year celebrated my 25th year as a priest. Congratulations. That is that is wonderful. So thank you so much for, for answering that call and, and for sharing that incredible vocation story. I do a lot of, of interviews of priests and hearing vocation stories. I've never had someone who started out exactly like you do, saying that, that it was actually um, that uh, you, how did you start it out, Father, that, that it was actually not the call to the priesthood, that, but it was just um, through a Protestant TV channel that ended up enticing you and leading you back to the Catholic Church and then eventually into the 
the priesthood. That's that's a new one for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that one. So, so that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think that when when people bring us into the the proximity to Jesus Christ and to His Father and to His Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. even if it takes a while, that's always going to lead us into the church, into faith, mm-hmm. before the, into the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So I am told that one of your passions is for evangelization, and it's interesting that in your vocation story you talked about St. Paul. It was Pope John Paul II who once said that if St. Paul were alive, he suspects he would be using Catholic radio as one of his mediums for, for evangelization. So can you maybe talk a little bit about the importance of evangelization? It was obviously something that, that pulled on your heart and led you into the priesthood and that you continue today, and, and maybe how Catholic radio plays a part in that as well. Well, let me just harken back to the idea the idea of the TV thing, mm-hmm. just in the sense that that's a that was a form of media, mm-hmm. and maybe it was because in my life at the time I was so um, maybe not open to being evangelized through the normal channels of going to church and um, going to religious things that radio gets into people's lives that are close to the formal channels of being religiously, you know, instructed or catechized or evangelized. Mm. And I think that's really the greatest gift of it. You know, you'll have a l- large amount of uh, listenership. I don't know what you call that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a word? Yeah, that's um, great. You'll have a large amount of people who are dedicated Catholics who are going to listen to it because they like Catholic themes. But you're also going to have people that happen upon this station um, who are asking questions. Yes. And it's the perfect medium to get into people's lives who won't come to faith through the normal channels. Yes. You know, and, and I have the, the great privilege of, of doing several different pledge drives in several different locations. And at one of the locations, there was a listener who called in the very first day that that radio station was on the air and said, I just happened, air quotes happened, like you happened onto TV, he happened onto the Catholic radio station that day. And he said, I happened mm-hmm. onto it this morning. He called at like 6 o'clock in the evening. He said, I, I've been away from the church for 35 years, and I just want you to know I'm coming back. And so it really wow. is, you know, the Holy Spirit that is that is working through that. And Quest Radio here in Atlanta is, is a new station, but I'm telling you, you guys are going to have so many conversion stories that that come from the Holy Spirit working through these airwaves. And, and it's only possible to keep the airwaves going by people who call in and make a pledge. And so that's why we interrupt regular programming and we do these pledge drives. So if you would like to be a part of that and be part of this new evangelization, then the number to call is 678-688-4544. Four, nine. Again, that's 678 688 4549. And we are talking with Father Tim Hepburn. He's from St. Michael the Archangel in Gainesville, Georgia. He's the pastor there, but he's had a lot of other roles in the diocese as well. We talked about how he was ordained in 93, and oh, wow, when I looked at, at your bio and the things that you've done, Father, 
You've had a tremendous amount of really wonderful influence in your diocese. So I'll quickly go through them, but then you can focus on any of them that you would like to. But I have that you were first the parochial vicar at the Cathedral of Christ the King, then the pastor at St. Gerard, and chaplain for Blessed Trinity Catholic High School, then University Catholic Center at Emory University, and Georgia Tech Catholic Center, Director of Vocations, and now the pastor of St. Michael. Did I miss anything? You missed St. Gabriel in Fayetteville. I was pastor in St. Gabriel in Fayetteville. Ah, I missed it. All right. So St. Gabriel in Fayetteville, all of those people out there, we hope all of them are listening. Wouldn't that be awesome? So if you're listening and you'd like to tell Father we hear you, even if you don't make a pledge, call in. We'll get the message to him. We love to support our priests with Catholic Radio. If you can make a pledge at the same time, that would be awesome as well. It will help us meet the goals for today. So again, the number is 678 688 4549. All right, so maybe one of the things that, that we could focus on, and certainly redirect me, Father, if, if you have something else, because we only have an hour with you, so if there's something else that, that you want to spend time on. But we talked about uh, that you were the chaplain at a high school and at two different colleges. When I talk to parents, it seems like the most common question that I have is, how do we keep our kids Catholic? And since you yourself were away from the church, and since you really have that love for evangelizing and and bringing others to the church, do you have any advice for for any of the listeners out there that are struggling with that right now? Uh, Yes, I do. I won't, I'm not going to bill myself as a um, guy that has all the answers. (laughs) I'm just like everybody else, trying things and hoping to find something that works. And, um, I, I also want to be honest that in my own parish, that's still the big struggle is, you know, how do you keep kids through confirmation and then after confirmation, it's not their graduation from the church, it's their entry into, you know, full discipleship in the church. Mm. So, um, so I'm not an expert, but it's what, it's the way I was evangelized and uh, formed and catechized that it instructed my experience so much that it's what I see as important in the church. And, you know, if people want to pick up um, a book and read it, the way I've I've sort of framed this up in my mind, one of the books that came out recently that I think is, um, I think he's got the right perspective is by the guy who became famous by writing the the main autobiography of Pope John Paul II named George Weigel, mm-hmm. and he wrote Witness to Hope. Mm-hmm. But he also wrote a book uh, more recently called Evangelical Catholicism, I think it's called. And um, he makes a distinction between a catechetical culture, which means teaching the faith culture, um, and an evangelical culture, which is more about proclaiming the faith. And these are sort of different things, you know. The um, evangelization, which leads people to encounter the revelation of Jesus Christ, and catechesis, which forms and teaches that initial encounter to deepen the discipleship. And so they're different things. And um, so I really don't want to be too simplistic, but I think it also often comes back to the initial evangelization 
has often not taken place. We've catechized young people. We've um, given them the sacraments and tried to form them in the sacraments. But have they encountered the person of Christ, which comes in the way I'm speaking of it as a revelation? I'm thinking about uh, the first reading at Mass today, and I know that when this gets aired on the radio, it's going to be a different day, but the Mass today was from um, Galatians, the first reading, and St. Paul makes it really clear. He said, this gospel that I preach, I was not taught it by any man. It came to me by revelation of Jesus Christ, or from Jesus Christ. And there's so many examples of this in the Scripture that the, the core encounter that we're aiming at in evangelization is a revelation that comes forward as an encounter with the person who's Jesus. Mm. And, it, and that Jesus becomes the Lord of the person's life. Mm. And then they become teachable, so then they can be catechized. But until that happens, Pope Benedict said, many people will find the, the teachings of the Church absurd. Mm. And that's the quite true. I mean, if you look around, um, it's hard to teach people who have not been properly evangelized. Mm. So whatever we can do, and I wish I had lots of practical stories and success stories to show. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of what I was just just wondering is, okay, make that real for us, Father. Tell us how how do we do that for our children? How do we give them that personal encounter with Christ that you're talking about? Well, I can... All I can do, I can't point to success stories in my own ministry, I'm sorry to say. Mm. Uh, I can only point to um, all the things that we have in the church that are working at some level. And mostly I point to things that are the movements of the church. And I I don't say this to promote any one movement, but, for example, a long time ago, and then it still exists today, the Curcio movement came about. Mm-hmm. And the Curcio, the goal of the Curcio was not just teaching people the faith, but was that they encounter the person of Christ. Then came the Life in the Spirit seminars through the Charismatic Renewal Movement, and people did that. And that is the focus of encountering the, encountering the person of Christ through the Holy Spirit. And then came, um, Life Teen came about, and their goal was to help teens encounter Christ. And then now Christ Renews His Parish is really popular in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, too, is about encountering Christ. So we have some attempts, and some of them have worked well, and some of them haven't worked well. But what we're trying to do and what we have to do to to make these things work and to bring this encounter is we actually have to change the culture that I referred to earlier that um, George Weigel outlined in his book. Um, Because it's really not the enemies of the faith that sometimes hinder that encounter with Christ coming, but those who have conceived of the faith in a way that's not working. They've conceived of transmitting the faith in a way that's not working. And sometimes people refuse to um, acknowledge that, and so they want to keep promoting the same things that aren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll just go ahead and say again that I, I can't propose um, 
things that I've seen in bringing landslide, you know, amounts of young people to faith. Mm-hmm. I can just see a few a few examples of places where people are trying. Mm. That is that is such a something to really think about is is how can we get into those those ways and and uh, I bet there's a whole lot more success stories than what you're you're sharing or or maybe even aware of that there are probably a whole lot more that you'll find out about at a future date because that seems to be sometimes how it works is we don't know about it right at the time but you you work um, the Holy Spirit works through their hearts and then eventually they come back to the church a little bit later. Yeah, and I think I, I recall one time reading from Pope Benedict XVI said, um, anyone who engages in the new evangelization will surely become discouraged if they conceive of this as great landslides of conversions so that you see millions of people converted at one time. Mm. He said it's planting the seed little by little, incremental growth. Um, then that that's the way it works. You know, and, and it was your grandmother praying for you because you had that yeah. image that actually ended up bringing you back. So how many years do you think she prayed for you before you actually ended up coming back to the church? Absolutely, because by that time, when I had that image, she had passed away. So she, was, she had already been in seat interceding in heaven and i'm sure when she was alive on earth she prayed for us all the time wow that's that's uh, the power of a grandmother that's that's amazing the power of a mother power of a grandmother that that really is amazing and so i i appreciate somebody you told me that. once somebody told me once that if you have uh a gray-haired lady praying for you and you're resisting god just give up because she's gonna win yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that because I've been gray since I was 18. So, you know, I love that that thought. That's an amazing thing. doesn't seem to, to work quite that way for me anyway, but, but uh, I do think that there is, is power and, and wisdom that comes with, with those gray hairs along the way and, and maybe just a surrender. I think that's really the whole thing is just the surrender to know that it's not up to, to each one of us. It's up to God, you know, us working in, in union and our prayers and, and then letting the God take over. So, um, all right. Absolutely. So I'm interrupt just for a minute again to give the phone number and, and try and get the calls coming in. Again, I want to remind our listeners that we are in a pledge drive. We are trying to raise the necessary funds to keep Catholic Radio on the air here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a new station. It's exciting. Um, and we're glad that you're tuning in. Can you also be part of the team? Can you give us a call at 678-688-4549? If you can make a pledge, that would be awesome. It will help us meet the goals for today. If you can, if you just want to call in and say, Father Tim, we hear you and we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing. Um, or, hey, we knew you when you were back at St. Gabriel, whatever it is, just give us a call and we'll make sure that we get all of the messages to Father Tim because this is pre recorded. He's not here with us in the studio. So we'll make sure we get all of the messages to him so that he knows that you called in in support of him. And again, if you can make a pledge, then we would absolutely love it if you would do that as well. You know, I often think when we do these pledge drives, we're, we've been talking a lot about evangelization, Father. And, you know, 
many of us have that that desire to to get to heaven and to bring as many people with us as we can. So I think that's kind of evangelization being put put in practice. But, you know, it would be a challenge for each of us to go out and talk even maybe to 10 people today or 100 people or 1,000 people or 10,000 people or 100,000 people, a million people. The fact is, through this Catholic radio station, The Quest in Atlanta, Georgia, we have a potential over 3 million listeners at any given moment. And so we really have just a tremendous, tremendous evangelization tool here in front of us. And that's why we're coming to you. And that's why we're doing the pledge drive, interrupting regular programming in order to bring in the funds necessary because we only have the airwaves to go out and evangelize if we have the airwaves to do it with. And we have to have the money to keep those airwaves on the air. So give us a call at whatever amount that you can pledge at. The number again to call is 678 688-4549. I like to think about, you know, when I give a donation to Catholic Radio, what's God going to do with my yes today? What's he going to do with with the dollars that I'm able to donate? And and, um, you just don't know about the lives that that can be changed, the potential lives that are going to be changed because you were able to help us to keep Catholic Radio on the air. All right, so again, we are talking with Father Tim Hepburn. He is from St. Michael's. Right now, he's the pastor of St. Michael's in Gainesville, Georgia. And we've been talking about his vocation story. We've been talking about evangelization. And uh, you mentioned the book, George Weigel's Evangelical Catholicism. Was there anything else Mm -hmm. that you wanted to say about that before we move on to to something else? Because I interrupted you, I think, there. No, uh, not about that book. I that book, I'm just interested in the way he is so frank about um, being realistic about our Catholic culture and really assessing what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yes. But there's lots of other um, books that are in the same line with that that have become very popular, but if anybody wants to do any kind of further study or reading about things like that, they could read Forming Intentional Disciples by Sherry Waddell. Yes. And they could read um, Divine Renovation by Father James Mallon. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one. So it was Forming Intentional Disciples, and what was the Disciple. second one? It's called Divine Renovation by Father James Mallon. Huh. Okay. And um, it's his experience of bringing his parish into a place of intentional discipleship, really forming a missionary mind in the parish. So so parishes, all parishioners, as many as possible, think that it's their responsibility to bring the faith into the world through their parish and through each individual. Mm. That's, that's wonderful. I'll have to pick that up. I had not heard about that one. So again, for our listeners, the two books are Forming Intentional Disciples by Sherry Waddell and Divine Renovation by Father James Malin, is that right? Malin, right, Malin. Okay, okay. Um, so if you would like to pick those up, and then the other one was um, Evangelical Catholicism by George Weigel. And mm-hmm. again, we're talking with Father Tim Hepburn, if you're just tuning in. He's from St. Michael's the Archangel in Gainesville, Georgia. And the number to call if you'd like to make a pledge is 678 688 Four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. You know, 
Father, I was looking at your your parish website uh, in preparation for this interview today, and boy, you have a really diverse parish. You have masses in English, in Spanish, and in Vietnamese. Yeah. Do you speak all those languages, Father? (laughs) I speak English. Yes. I'm trying my best to learn Spanish better. Uh-huh. And I do not speak Vietnamese. Yes. So do you but have... I do celebrate the Vietnamese Mass, and I feel so sorry for them. <laughs> they have to... <laughs> but it is the Mass, so they... and they're such a faithful community that um, they're happy to have the Eucharist. Yes. So you celebrate it in English, right? But they're able to follow along. Right. Okay. And then I also have a... Uh, coordinator for the Vietnamese community who's a wonderful young man who translates the homily as I'm speaking it so I'll say it in English and he translates to Vietnamese ah very good very good all right and so you have this real diverse parish is there anything maybe that that brought all three of these different nationalities together or Anything special or any special blessings that come from it? Any challenges? Anything that you'd like to share with us about that? The answer to the first question is chickens. Chickens. Okay. Gainesville, Georgia is, it calls itself the chicken capital of the world. I'm not sure if the case can be made that it actually produces the most chickens, processes the most chickens in anywhere from anywhere else in the world, but... Uh, that is the claim. Huh. Okay. And so the Vietnamese came to Gainesville uh, working in chicken processing and chicken farming. And then uh, over the years, it seems like a lot of the Vietnamese have moved into other types of jobs. And then the gigantic wave of Hispanic immigrants came to Gainesville and work most, a lot of them work in chicken processing. But there's also uh, other factories around like I found out that Gainesville has a pretty uh, high percentage of the blinds that are manufactured for windows, just the the plastic louvered kind of blinds. Hmm. Uh, So a lot of these people, a lot of our people work in these factories. Hmm. Very good. Very good. And um, do they, is it, do they form like a, a parish community as a whole, or does it seem to be more that they're with their own nationalities? It seems like they're more with their own nationalities, mm-hmm. but um, that's not what we want. We, I don't, we want communities to remain distinct in their culture so that they can preserve their culture, but also feel that they're one parish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's, it's not easy, though. Sure. Because, you know, partly because we tend to gravitate towards people that we feel comfortable with. And those are usually people from our own language group. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do uh, we do some things. Um, we, tr- we try to do everything with, it, with that in mind, that we want to be one parish. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, though, that happened was that the Hispanic community grew so large that several years ago, before I even became the pastor, they formed a mission. And so one of the most beautiful things, right, as I became the pastor, is they were able to dedicate the, a new building for the mission. At first they were meeting in a, like an old 
big store like a Walmart or something um, that they had renovated. But now they have a big, beautiful new building called St. John Paul II Mission, which is about five miles away from St. Michael Parish. And um, they it holds, I think it holds 1,200 or 1,500 people. So it's a big, big church. Lots of masses, mostly in Spanish. But to my point about trying to make the communities um, feel like one community, mm-hmm. the Archbishop of Atlanta has asked them to have some English masses. So they have three masses in English on weekday mornings, and then they have a vigil. I think it's the 4.30 vigil they have in English on Saturday evenings. Wow. It sounds like sounds like things are, are um moving to unify unify the three groups. So what a what a beautiful thing and the growth that's going on there it sounds like is tremendous as well. It's exciting. It really is really is. And you know, I'm I'm glad that I have to try to learn Spanish. <laughs> I think if I was just give left to my own resources I would just maybe not do that. Yes. But now that I and called by God to love people who um, speak a different language than I speak. Yes. That involves learning their language. And, and you know, I don't know if I'll ever be completely fluent, but I'm trying. Kind of uh, by immersion, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Very good. I have to teach, I have to teach the Spanish speakers, though, most of whom have done the work to learn English. Uh-huh. Uh, and probably it's easier to have a conversation with me if they switch to English. Mm-hmm. But I have to encourage them not to switch to English. Oh, yes. <laughs> and force me to speak the Spanish. Right, right. All right. So I also was on your website. I told you I you know, noticed about the diversity, but I also noticed that there is a talent fair coming up. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to give out the, the number, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So there's okay. a talent fair coming up November 3rd and 4th. I hear you're pretty talented, so I'm, I'm just wondering if you're entering the talent fair and if you can give us a sneak peek. But before you do that, I want to give out the number, 678 688 Four five four nine. Again, we are in our pledge drive. We want to raise the necessary funds for Catholic Radio. We can only do that with your help. We can only have great guests like Father Tim Hepburn from St. Michael the Archangel on the air if we have the airwaves to do it, and we need your money in order to keep those airwaves going. So again, the number to call six seven eight six eight eight. Four five four nine. If you can make a pledge, that's great. If you want to just call and say, you know, Father, we hear you, and thanks so much for being a priest, then give us a call for that, too. We are pre-recorded for this interview, but we will make sure that every message that comes in for Father Tim, I will personally make sure that those messages go to him. So if you want to let him know that you hear him and you appreciate him, that's probably my favorite part about doing the pledge drives is seeing the smile on the face of the priest who normally is sitting across from me and not a pre-recorded, um, just to see their smile when all of the parishioners are, are calling in and supporting them. So please give us a call, 678 688 Four five four nine. Again, we would absolutely love to have your financial um, pledge towards this, your treasure towards it. 
But if you um, can't give right now but still want to support Father, then please do that as well. All right, so back to the talent show, Father. Any any plans to, to join that and show us your, your great talents that you have? Well, uh, I'm going to answer that question in two ways. One is the thing on our website, even though it has the word talent in it, <laughs> it's really the stewardship drive okay. for time, talent, and treasure. Oh. And so I'm I'm really trying to get other people's talent. Okay. Um, and really, more than talent, I want their gifts of the Holy Spirit and their callings from the Lord. So that's just um, on that weekend we're going to preach about how God does give everybody, He equips every Christian to be of service to the body of Christ. Got it. But on the other point about talent, I won't say that I'm that talented, but I do have a love, and it is um, playing music. And so soon, as part of this whole drawing the community together, um, we're we're having our fall festival. And I have been recruited by this band, and so I'm going to sing and play the guitar on the song Money. Money, that's what I want. Ah, <laughs> By, that um, would be appropriate for right song. now. <laughs> I know. The Beatles did a cover of it, but I can't remember who did it. it was somebody like the Platters or one of those groups from the 50s. Yes. And uh, I'm going to sing Drift Away by Dobie Gray about give me the beat boys and free my soul. I want to be, get lost in rock and roll. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So are you comfortable in giving us a preview of that on the air here, Father? Money, you money, money. Yeah, let's hear it. Money, that's what I want, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So good. You know, I, I interviewed a priest once that went, someday when you come into the studio, when we're at Atlanta, I want you to bring your guitar. I had a priest that came in with his electric guitar and his amplifier and sang Bob Dylan. So, and then talked about the faith and what he was saying in the lyrics. So um, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have to have that the next time when, when I'm in town, Father. We'll have a concert on the air. I, I promise. Uh, that's awesome. That's really great. Okay, so 678-688-4549. So I completely messed up when I looked at your website and saw Talent Fair. I definitely got the wrong idea there. But but you are looking for people who can can show can use their talents as talents for use in the Catholic Church. What kind of, of things would that bring about? What what kind of, of opportunities do your parishioners have to, to share their talents with St. Michael's? Well, one of the things, I mean, I, every day I run into real needs. Uh, one of them is for leadership in the parish. You know, over time, parishes can have areas of ministry like pastoral care, which would involve taking care of sick people or people that are going in for surgeries or people in nursing homes or even um, helping people that are in difficult marriages. And that whole area of faith needs a leader. Mm. And most pastors can't be the one leader of all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another area is evangelization and catechesis, mm-hmm. and to, to bring forward leadership in 
um, these areas from the parish. I know that the Holy Spirit provides the leadership, and this weekend's just going to be asking for it. Mm-hmm. So I usually break down the parish into five areas of of ministry that need a leader, mm-hmm. like um, administration is one, evangelization and catechesis is another, pastoral care is another, community life is another one, which is gathering the community to actually live as community. And worship is the other one, which involves the liturgy and all the different ministries that make the liturgy run, um, but also whatever whatever other forms of worship are um, being raised up in the parish and devotions and things like that. So I need leadership. I need um, boots-on-the-ground people, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people that um, maybe they're Maybe you wouldn't call it a talent, but what they have is some time because mm-hmm. maybe they're retired or something, and they could take communion to a person who can't get into church and get to Mass. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Excellent. Excellent. So if any of our listeners are interested in helping in any way, they should just either see you at the parish or call the parish. Is that kind of the the what they should do? Yeah. Okay, great. So any of our listeners out there, if you want to help St. Michael's, the Archangel, Father Tim with all of these leadership roles, then either stop him after Mass or give the parish office a call and, um, you know, certainly pray about it ahead of time and then give him a call and, and find out more information about how to help. If you want to help Catholic Radio, then right now what we need you to do is pick up your phone and dial with me. I'll say it slow so that you can actually pick up the phone and dial it with me. And let's get some phone or phone calls going. Get some callers on the line. Make a pledge to Catholic Radio. Help us to keep Catholic Radio on the air. It's only possible with your support. And so the number to call 678-688-4549. Catholic Radio is just probably one of the easiest ways that I know of to evangelize because all you have to do is pick up a phone and give some dollars. And Catholic Radio also is a tremendous evangelization tool because you can reach so many people for so little. We have a potential, I think in Atlanta, we you have, I don't know, Father, do you, get, do you know this, that you have a 50,000-watt station out there, which is the biggest AM station that you can have. And there are only about, and I'll have to do the research, we're pre-recording this, but I'll do the research before I come. I think there are only about seven AM stations with 50,000 watts that are Catholic, and one of them is right there in Atlanta. And so what a blessing all of you have to have this tremendous radio station that can reach almost 4 million people at any given time. That is amazing, and, and you're doing it for for really just a very small amount. I don't know exactly what, what your finances are there, but I know as a general rule, Catholic radio stations operate on a shoestring. And so you are able to evangelize a whole lot of people for very little amount of money. And so we really encourage you to, to call in and to support Quest Catholic Radio at 
888-4549. Give some of your treasure. Give it a try. If if it doesn't work out, you don't have to continue. If you can be a monthly donor, that's really kind of the bread and butter of Catholic Radio because then they can count on knowing this is what we have to cover our expenses next month because generally we don't do a pledge drive you know, every month, you know, it's maybe a couple times a year or four times a year. So what we get during the pledge drive has to make it last. So when you have the monthly donation, they know this is what they have coming in and they can budget that way. So if you can make a monthly donation, that's great. But if not, then call in and make a one-time donation. But whatever it is, just give us a call, 678-688-4549. And then sit back and and see what, what effect uh, how how the Holy Spirit is going to use the treasure that you give out through the airwaves and listen into the next pledge drive because by that time we'll have a whole lot of of uh, stories. When when you call in, they ask what effect has Catholic Radio had on you or your family. This is the first pledge drive ever in Atlanta, but we'll be getting lots of of uh, the stories, lots of the the things that have happened, and we'll be able to share them with you at the next pledge drive. So give us a call six seven eight six eight eight. Four five four nine. We are talking with Father Tim Hepburn. He's from St. Michael the Archangel in Gainesville, Georgia, and I've uh, been talking about a whole lot of things. I'd like to go back a little bit, maybe. We talked about um, your love for evangelization. Somebody told me that you had a passion for evangelization, and I can see why that's true, and I can see why you're effective at it, because you really do have that, that love for God that comes through, and Probably that's there because of, you know, what I heard in your vocation story and how that that affected you. Um, There are probably some young people who are listening today, and they may be struggling um, to be strong in the Catholic faith. Or maybe like you, they were away from the church for a little while and just happened onto, instead of a TV station, they're happening onto this Catholic radio station today. Um, so if if there's somebody out there that, that's struggling a little bit or who is away from the church, do you have a message that you'd like to share with them? The message would be don't give up mm. or feel that you have already finished your journey and have ruled God out or have started to think that God doesn't care about you. Mm. Um, or that you're too bad for God. I'm thinking about this girl that I met one time in Quiznos, <laughs> and I was just buying some lunch, and I was wearing my clerical collar, and she said, are you a pastor? And I said, yes. And she said, I used to be saved. Mm. And so I knew by that that she wasn't a Roman Catholic, because um, we don't usually talk in those terms. Right. But um, I knew what she meant. And she said, yeah, I, try, I, tried, I, I got saved, and I tried to be saved. Um, but she said it was just too hard. She said, I, I, there's too many things that I really like in my life that um, the Church says are wrong, and and um, I don't really want to change that much on some of them. And, and I think she was she's a symbol of a lot of young people that they feel like they have already given the church a chance and find in their lives, they find their lives at odds with some of what they think the church is about. Um, And I just want young people to not give up on themselves or the questions that are in their heart or to think that they're unworthy of God um, 
because they're because of their sins or their choices. Because the the truth is that um, in order to find God in my own life, I had to first say to God, "I can't promise you I can change." Mm-hmm. And so many people stay at a distance from the church because they feel like the church is asking them to change and they don't feel like they have the inner strength or the resources or even the desire to change. Uh, And what I found, though, was that that was an unnecessary barrier in my life uh, because God never asked me to change by my own power. Mm. God knows that we don't have the power to change Mm. or to even desire Him. So if a person can come before God and just say, I I can't promise you I can change, but I can t- tell you that I desire to have you, God, in my life. Mm. God will hear that as a prayer, and God will come rushing to that person. God is already pursuing every person, but when a person opens the door even a little like that, mm. God will come and start to guide that person into um, really change in their life that it's probably different than the way that I thought it was going to happen. Mm. You know, there is change in our life that has to happen, but sometimes we see it incorrectly, and God wants to do it in a way that's beautiful and full of community and relationships and and even fun. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I don't want anybody to stay at a distance from God simply because they don't find within themselves the power to change or the desire to change. Mm. And so if somebody is out there and, and they they are finding that, that there's this your 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 words are encouraging a little bit of an inkling of this desire. It's it's you know, forming again in them. And so, you know, the first step of course is to pray, like like you're telling them them to do and, and let God act in their life. Is there any other way should they, you know, maybe try and find a priest or is there anything else that they should do or just sit back and pray and and let God work? You know, it was very important for me when I was God was doing his work of conversion in my life, which is ongoing and still happens today. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, when we were talking about the way media enters people's lives, mm-hmm. a lot of people are in their car alone when they're listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are in their house alone when they're watching the TV. Uh, and the next step after God might give you some message while you're alone on the radio is he's going to ask you to step out of your um, isolation and step into community mm-hmm. with people who will listen to you and love you and help you find the way. Mm-hmm. And that could be a priest. Um, it probably will eventually involve a priest. <laughs> Sometimes first it's just uh, a person who's living their faith. You know, what? I, the, one of the books I uh, recommended, Sherry Waddell, says that um, the first step isn't believing something Catholic. The first step is trusting someone who is Catholic. Mm. So for a person who doesn't have a relationship with the Church, sometimes they'll just meet somebody who they will find out that the person is Catholic and they'll just, for some reason, trust that person. And that's a lot of times the first step. So the Lord leads us out of our isolation into community. And then, for me, that also meant a priest that became very important in my life. Mm. And um, 
that was a that was something that was that took a little courage too. Is I wasn't used to relating with priests, mm-hmm. and so to actually find that this guy actually knows a lot about life and a lot about God, and um, it was a whole new world for me to be friends with a priest. Mm. You know, and and maybe we can discuss that a little bit, but we only have about eight more minutes with you, so so I want to give out the phone number again, and then I want to go back a little bit to to when you were talking about when you went back, the mass hadn't changed but you had. And so I'd like to, to mm-hmm. explore that, and, and maybe that will also bring us into um, your relationship with the priest and however much that you'd like to share with that. But before you go into that, I'm going to give out the number again, 678-688-4549. Again, 678 688 Four five four nine. I know most of our listeners are like me. They just want to sit back and they want to listen to what Father has to say because he has lots of wonderful wisdom to share with us. But we only get to hear this wisdom if you call in and make the pledges. That's the reason we're interrupting regular programming is so that we can raise the funds necessary to keep Catholic Radio on the air. And what a blessing you have with this wonderful 50,000-watt station out here. It's a kind of a blowtorch of a station. It, you don't get any bigger uh, AM station signal than what you have right here in Georgia. And it's a blessing because there are so very few Catholic radio stations with this kind of wattage. So so what a blessing. So let's keep it on. Let's keep it going in, in Georgia, and let's give us a call at 678-688-4549. Again, we are talking with Father Tim Hepburn, and he is from Right now, he's the pastor at St. Michael the Archangel in Gainesville. Are you pretty new there, Father? We didn't discuss that. Are you pretty pretty new as a pastor there? Three months. Three months. Wow. Wow. So yeah. very, very short period of time. Lots of, of great things going on there and your immersion into the Spanish faith and, and uh, you know, lots of, you know, celebrating a, a mass for, for Vietnamese and you know, lots of new things for you as well as new things for the prisoners, but lots of good things going on. So so what yeah. a blessing they have in having you there. All right, so I asked you about when the statement that you made that when you went back um, to the Catholic Church after being away for a while and, and not going to church, that the mass hadn't changed that that you had, and so let's talk about that moment. And and um, for any listeners, especially that are out there that are away from the church, fifty percent of our listeners are not Catholic. Twenty five percent of our listeners are away from the church, and so about twenty five percent. This is over all Catholic radio stations, not just here in Atlanta, because we don't have the statistics yet specifically for Atlanta. But statistic wise. Over all of the radio stations, about 50% are not Catholic, 25% are fallen away Catholic. So um, it's very possible that there are listeners that can relate to what you're saying, Father. So can you share with us a little bit about that? There's a place in the Mass, and I don't want to get into too many fancy words, but the word we use is epiclesis, Mm. and it's the prayer when the priest calls down the Holy Spirit upon the elements of bread and wine. And the Holy Spirit transform, transforms them into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that can happen outside of us. It does happen outside of us. It happens on the altar. When I had that conversion, uh, 
it was a similar thing. It was like an analogous thing that the Holy Spirit was coming down upon me and changing me into my my place in the body of Christ. Mm. You know, I'm not I'm unlike the elements of the Eucharist, I'm not fully the body of Christ. I'm a part of the body of Christ. But the important thing was I was experiencing experiencing in my own life what happens every day at the mass. Mm. And I can't say that before that, growing up, I ever really had that um, awareness or perception. And so part of conversion was to realize that the Holy Spirit is falling down upon me, even as the Holy Spirit is falling down upon the bread and the wine on the altar. And um, the bread and wine are changed immediately into the body and blood of Christ. Um, I'm changed more over time. But what happened in my life was... I was able to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit that was happening in me as happening also on the altar. Mm. And it made like a um, kind of a kinship. It made a sort of a recognition that the real, of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. And, and how can it not, I mean, truthfully, how can it not change us if we go you know you said right after you came back to the church it was almost immediate for you to to start attending daily mass and going to confession and you know you came back big time you didn't there was nothing slow about it right you just kind of jumped in with both feet if you're receiving jesus even if it's just on sundays and holy days of obligation but especially every day the change has to be tremendous right yeah you know, how, how can we not? Yeah, to, to be in the presence of Christ and then to actually take the gift that he's giving us with his own body, with his own blood, soul, and divinity through the Blessed Sacrament and actually uniting in that very special way because that's the way that he ordained it for us. And, and what a blessing he's given us to be able to do that. And the change has to occur. Amen. Very good. All right, so again, we are talking with Father Tim Hepburn, and this is a pre-recorded, and we had a little bit of uh, technical, and I didn't actually write down the exact start time, but I think we're very close to an hour, um, which is what we want to stay at. So I really want to give out the phone number again and encourage our listeners to, to call in, and then, Father, give you any last comments that you'd like to make, and then if you would give your blessing to me and to all of the listeners out through the airwaves. The number to call 678-688-4549. Come on, give us a call. We want to we want to keep Catholic Radio on the air. We are um, 1160 AM Catholic Radio, The Quest, a new station in Atlanta, Georgia. What a blessing it is. Um, it's only possible through your participation, through your yes. You can say yes and then let God do the rest with whatever you give. He can put it out there and keep the airwaves on the airwaves going. So give us a call, 678-688-4549. I haven't read the book, The Intentional Disciple, that you mentioned, but my guess is Catholic Radio would fit pretty well into being an intentional disciple. Is that correct, Father? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we probably should have talked about that some more, too. But unfortunately, our, our time is up, I think. So so last comment and then, then your blessing. Well, let me just say that I'm very excited about what's happening with Quest. Mm. And um, I've seen it 
kind of up close and personal and and maybe the people should know how much what's the word um passion and zeal and even set personal sacrifice which has um come from really relatively a, a small number of people who just have had great desire and and to see Catholic radio come forward and so I just want to acknowledge their their work and also say that we're in for a great blessing. I think the Lord sometimes will take the the work of a few people and just pour out his spirit upon the world and the church through that sacrifice that these people make. And, you know, so we're also asking the listeners to make a little sacrifice of their own to join into that, you know. And when we pray in the Mass, we pray that the Lord will accept our sacrifice mm. and that it will become a greater blessing than, than um, that will far surpass any sacrifice we've made. So I just want to um, bless everyone who's listening in the sacrifice that they make to make this work go forward by the contributions that they make to the station. And also we, we want you to pray because prayer is also what, allows the the Holy Spirit to continue to move through the station and touch a lot of people's lives. So I pray, Lord, that you would send your grace and your blessing upon everyone who listens to this station today. I pray that you would find them, as we prayed at the beginning, I pray again that you would find them at their place of deepest need in their lives and show yourself to be a faithful friend and the faithful God that you are and that you are always faithful to your promises. Pour out your blessing upon all of the families and individuals who are listening. And bless them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Again, to all of our listeners, we're talking with Father Tim Hepburn. He's from St. Michael the Archangel. We're in our pledge drive. We would love for you to give us a call, 678-688-4549.